Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Hello and welcome to Pearls of Wisdom. Now, I've got a very, very special guest today. This lady and I have been connected for quite a while, but it's the first time we've actually got to have a proper chinwag and a chat and put the world to rights. She is phenomenal. She really is. The lady I'm speaking to today is Julia Narpour. And she's a business coach. She's also a whiz with social media and she's a whiz at quite a lot of things. So we're going to learn as we go through. And as I ask all these different questions, I love her. I think you're going to learn to love her too. And as I say to all the listeners, pen and paper ready, because we're going to have so much great information that will be shared. Make sure you write it all down. Julia, welcome. Thank you, Pearl. It was so lovely to be here. Thank you. I mean, I know, I mean, we've been connected on LinkedIn for quite a while and then yeah. coming together to actually have this chat. I am, and the listeners know I'm getting goosebumps already. It's going all across my back. So the energy for this call is just going to be brilliant. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to jump straight in so that the listeners get to know a bit about, about you. Julia, can you describe your career path to date, please? Yeah, sure. Um, when I left school, I um, wanted to study law. So I, I sort of had enough of, of um, academic education and I wanted to get out into the, the real world. And I always sort of joke with, with people in that I, I say that I think I viewed my place in the law, if you like, that the, the impact that I was going to have on the legal world um, as sort of seeing myself as, as mother the mother Teresa of the legal profession of course real life isn't like that and you know we know that I'm sure there are some fantastic mother Teresa-esque lawyers in the world but for me no it, it was it was very different um so I found myself at sort of 20 21 years of age working for what was then quite a large uh, legal practice in the the southwest where I live um, and I was extremely, extremely unhappy. I was really badly bullied by the my principal. Uh, and I remember distinctly one occasion where I was stood, and it was one occasion out of many, where I stood in his office and he threw a uh, retainer file, one of the, you know, the files that go inside a filing cabinet with the metal hooks mm. on it, threw that across the room at me. And I remember it whistling just past my eye as it fell to the, the floor. And, you know, within six weeks of, <clears throat> of taking that job, I was, I was looking for another one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't happy at all. And I think it's the, fur- the, the nearest I've got in my life to, to some sort of breakdown. Unfortunately, the world was or the country was going into recession at, at that time. So there weren't that many openings for, for trainee roles. Um, so I ended up staying there sort of two two years 
until I'd really had enough, couldn't couldn't do it anymore. And I left without another job to to go to. Um, My self-confidence, I think, at that stage was at an an all-time low. Um, You know, as anybody will know, if you're in a position where you're told that you're no good and and everything day on day, then you you do start to to believe it. It was very difficult not to to believe it. Um, So at 21, 22, I was was out of work and I decided I'd start my first business. I'd become self-employed. So I used the the, uh, legal knowledge that I'd got and I set up as a freelance uh, law librarian. In those days, you know, we're, we're talking about when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, libraries, lawyers had libraries who, which were paper. You know, books were paper. They weren't online and they had huge libraries and those uh, books needed regularly updating. Um, they were sort of almost like lever arch files where you took pages out and put pages in to, to as the door, law updated. So that's what I did. And I worked between um, Westminster and uh, Exeter and Bristol um and split my week accordingly and I loved it you know I was good at it um it was just fantastic to to be able to sort of dictate when I worked and and who I worked for and then fast forward a a few years I um started a family with my my husband obviously um and had two children I was then at home for I think eight years total um until my youngest daughter went to to school and then at um at that stage I knew I was by then a single parent um my marriage had been uh very controlling uh my husband was was very controlling so I was on my own with two young children and I didn't quite know what I wanted to do but I knew financially above anything else I needed to go out and and get a job um and at that point my parents who had uh, started a business um, when I was 11 uh, stepped up and said well why don't you come and work for us Um, now I should I suppose I should point out that I had call it intuition call it gut instinct whatever you want to call it but I had always wanted my dad is is my absolute hero um, and I had always wanted to work with him and in fact it went further than that it was this concrete belief that I should work with him that my place was to work alongside alongside him and whilst I was going through all this this crap um, within the the legal profession I'd actually spoken to them a number of times and said look couldn't I come and and work for you you know I'll do anything I'll I'll clean the toilets I don't care um, and they said they'd always refused and said no and I think you know as a, a business owner now I can understand that because it's it was about putting all the eggs in one basket and what happened if the business failed and all the rest of it so eventually as I say I went to to work um, for them they were looking towards retirement uh, looking to get their their ducks in a row for for their retirement and looking to grow the bottom line of the business and they didn't have a, a dedicated marketing department so they said would you come in you know you've got knowledge they were I should mention that they were suppliers of uh, legal publications to the legal profession 
and dealt with uh, sort of, I think, 90-something percent of the world's top legal uh, practices. Um, so they said, with your practical knowledge of the books, come in and, you know, grow, start a, a marketing, de- marketing department and, and develop that. So I did. Um, so I worked there all day and then I came home at night and I'd bought all the all the um, textbooks uh, that are used on marketing degrees. And at night I would sit and I would read these textbooks. So it was sort of grassroots marketing, if you like, or, you know, DIY marketing, teach yourself marketing. And I learned, I learned from the, the bottom up. Um, my father had, had been a, a marketer. He'd left um, national service and trained while he was in national service as a, with the Institute of Marketing, as it was then. Um, and so I sort of, I gained experience, absorbed every single ounce of experience that I could, read the books, and I was there within the company for 10 years as the, you know, as the company evolved and we grew the department from just me and, and another lady to uh, four people in total increase the profits every year and um, it was it was just it was fantastic but in some ways it was also I mean it was a, I, I loved it I absolutely adored it and it was as I think my rightful place that was where I was meant to be but in a lot of other ways it was also really lonely because of course I'd gone in as the boss's daughter and with a predominantly female staff you know the one thing that I heard all the time or the 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 atmosphere was, oh, it's right for her. And it wasn't like that at all because it wasn't, you know, a silver spoon that had been put in my gob. It was, you know, I'd worked hard and I continued to work hard. And I think people who go into family businesses have a choice. They either cruise and just coast along or they work doubly hard because they have to prove above and beyond that they are worthy of, of the role that they've got. So um, to some extent, it was it was quite a lonely, lonely time as well. But but great. And I learned a lot and I learned resilience. So, you know, you can't complain, can you? Um, And then fast forward another few years and I'd met my my now husband. Um, He's from uh, New Zealand, which is where the horrendous surname comes from. Um, And he. Uh, was going through something of a, a bit dramatic to say a crisis, but he didn't quite know where he belonged. He'd come over from New Zealand as a young whippersnapper um, on what the, the Kiwis call an OE, an overseas experience or gap year, and he hadn't gone back to New Zealand. And I think he felt he's, he's also Maori, um, so he had this whole cultural pull of going back to New Zealand, didn't quite know where he fitted in the world. Was he English? Was he uh, New Zealand? So we decided to up sticks and we'd go and live in, in New Zealand. So we did that. We uh, sold our house here, took my daughter with us. Um, my son stayed here, was in his first year at uni, so he stayed here. And we up sticks and we went and lived in New Zealand and we bought a business over there. Now, he's a chef. So the natural progression was that we would buy a a cafe and we did. Um, And it was a beautiful cafe, quite a large cafe in 
um, the equivalent of, of what we call over here an area of outstanding natural beauty. It was, a, I think, a heritage site in, in New Zealand. And it was amidst um, an orchard, a fruit orchard, and it was the old packing station for the orchard. So we ran that, we started that. Um, my husband did all the practical things, all the cooking, the menu design, everything else. Um, apart from the baking, I did the baking because he maintains I'm a better baker than he is. And I remind him regularly. Um, and I did the, the back office stuff, the marketing, everything else. Um, and having, I think the, the biggest shock was the difference between a business in New Zealand and a business here. And I sort of naively thought, well, you know, it'll be pretty much the same in New Zealand as it is here. Having gone through the whole sort of due diligence process of selling a business over here, it was quite a shock to go over to New Zealand. And I remember walking in, you know, we paid our money, we got the keys, walked in on the first day, walked into the office and opened the filing cabinet, expecting to see staff records, for instance. There was nothing in there. The cabinet was empty. There were no records. There were no financial records. There was nothing. And I remember sitting there sort of open mouthed on the first day and the phone rang and I picked up the phone and, and it was a voice on the end saying, oh, hello, this is the Ministry of Justice. Um, your employee, Joe Bloggs, um, hasn't been paying the um, uh, fines, the attachment of earnings that they've, they've had from this criminal offence and I didn't knew nothing about it, you know, and that was the, we really did have to sort of hit the, the ground running. Um, it was, it was an amazing learning curve, very steep learning curve. But I remember this was sort of at the time when Instagram was sort of just coming into its own and wasn't really used too much for business. And I remember posting a picture on Instagram and, and walking into the kitchen the next morning and saying, you'll never guess who's liked my picture. It's Peter Andre. And it really was Peter Andre, blue tick and all. And the faces were just blank because of course they didn't know who Peter Andre was. But for me, that was quite a big, quite a big thing. You know, I thought that was quite amazing. But yeah, how to, to um, ground yourself in one easy lesson, I think. So we, again, rolling the, the, the clock forward, we lived there for uh, 18 months and it took living there for my husband to realise that actually he is more British than he is uh, New Zealand and that the rose coloured glasses that we all wear at times had definitely sort of come off. So we decided that we would come back to, to the UK, uh, came back to the UK and I worked for a while as a, a PA to a, a chief executive of a, a not-for-profit trust. Um, and again, it, it was quite unpleasant. He was, let's, let's just say he was a bit of a character. That's the, the best way, I think, of, of describing it. Um, read what you will into that. Um, and I remember getting called into a meeting with him, with the HR representative uh, present, because... On the day off that I, I worked four days a week, the same day off every week, um, on the day off that I had, I hadn't turned the coffee machine on. And it was at that point that I thought, you know what? <laughs> Been down this road before. I'm not going to go down it again. And I walked in the next day and, and handed my notice in. And so again, I was, was in this, the situation of 
not really knowing where I was was going. Um, so I then decided that I'd, I'd look at sort of self-employment and it took a little while for me to, to do the research and get my ducks in a row to, to start. So I started a business as a, a social media manager and a marketing consultant. Um, and I still run that business today. Um, I've got five associates working with me and we offer a full remit of, of digital marketing services. Um, and then this year, I've uh, started business coaching and I'm working with women in small business and startups and giving them the confidence to grow their business and, or to start their business and to achieve this, the, the success that they want. Because we're all fed this idea of what success looks like. It seems to be that success is one size fits all and we should, you know, it, it's quite you know everybody should be successful in this particular way and of course real life is very different you know success means different things to different people um and i i'm passionate about helping women to achieve success on their terms because there are so many women who have so much to offer um so that's me in a in a nutshell or quite a big nutshell <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful and I think anyone that listens to my Serenity radio show knows that I use the S word a lot, synchronicities. And from the very start of you sharing your career path with us, I've had goosebumps up my arm. I was going to do law. I was down to do law at Cambridge. I messed up my A-levels and went a completely different way. But yes, I was down to do law. So we have so many synchronicities so many similarities my dad has always been a god i've just been speaking on a podcast i think is due to air quite soon where i actually said you get to the stage and then your teenage years and i had my own opinion then and i spoke every now and again with dad he'd say something and i'd push back and that was unheard of because i was all i'm not worthy i'm not worthy to dad because he was so brilliant and so many, so many synchronicities when you said, I mean, like we both do um, digital marketing. Yes. So in yeah. different ways, when I did my first company, and yes, as you do, I set that up whilst I was doing my degree as a mature student. And I did my divorce. And like you said, controlling husbands, completely get that. I think probably, I mean, I'm not sure, but just the idea, I think our children probably very similar in age. I, I was a single mum from when my daughter was nine years old and that was it. And it just went through and I showed them, set up my own company, did my divorce and did my degree all in the same three years. So everything you're saying, yeah, really connect with even to the PA bit. When I did my first company, and yes, because I set it up, when I was doing my degree and hindsight is a wonderful thing and yes it was just before social media was really taken off so marketing wise it was word of mouth and it wasn't doing and then I I thought no I need to get to the stage where I do an hour's work and I get an hour's pay and so I went to a recruitment agency my mother had always been a PA she introduced me to all the recruitment agencies for a PA so they put me in you've run your own company therefore you can be a PA 
where does that idea come from? If you can run a company, you can direct a company, you can sit on a board, but no, they put me in to be a BA. Yes, I was lucky. I fell into some really massive companies like Network Rail, quite a big company. I ended up PA into one of the directors there. Yeah. Yes, I can relate exactly, exactly to what you've said. Let's say they weren't exactly brilliant. I can remember <laughs> I went in and I was being brave. I was on my self-help journey and the book said <laughs> things I picked up at um, Euston Station. So I picked it up from WH Smith and I'd read the first page and it said, ask your peers, ask the people you're working with to give you feedback. So I was all happy and I thought I was all brave. So I went in there and I was in there to, for my one-to-one with the um, director that I PA'd to. And he looked at me and he said, you're pretty crap, really, aren't you? And I, oh, my God. And he said, you're rubbish. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I thought, you're cheeky git, basically. And I sat there for the rest of the day and I cried. I tried to do the work and all these people kept coming and speaking to me and saying, he doesn't mean it. He doesn't know you. He does Because behind the scenes, like, he turned people away for with five minutes notice i'd have all this stuff and because i was bored doing the role i'd research all the companies so if he was coming in the company that was coming in to speak to him i'd do a whole brochure for him ready about what the high bits were where that wasn't working with the company and the key attributes that he then have already when he did the thing and then certain people like gartner one of the top it um consultancies this one person was a salesman at the time, would come in every month and speak to this boss. And then my boss would say, five minutes, I'd, he'd be sat there, the Gartner man would be sat next to me, ready to be called in. And my boss would come through and say, I'm too busy, cancel it, just cancel it. And I'd have to talk to this bloke that was at everything. I'm still in contact with that person and he is now a senior director at Gartner and we touch base and we go and have coffee and everything and just everything you're saying this is where the synchronicities and we say I say to the audience you know the people I interview this is where the energy is we have so much in common it's I don't think I've ever met anyone with quite such the same synchronicities no and it is, I mean, and this is just the first question. Can you imagine? <laughs> this is wonderful. It is wonderful. <laughs> now that I've moved on, I will move on to the next question. <laughs> now, Juliet, can you name three things that made you choose your current career and why? You might well have touched on this previously. Yeah. This is a difficult question. I, I think the first thing is that I I love reading. It's the thing that I spend most of my spare time doing. I've, I've got a real thirst for knowledge, and I'm all I've always been fascinated by people's stories. You know, I think everybody has got a story to tell, um, and as you all know, storytelling in marketing certainly is is really important. And I think it it then plays into the business coaching because your story is generally or is, is very often your why why do you do what you do why do why are you passionate about what you do 
And in business coaching, I try and understand or help the, the, the women that I work with to harness that why to rediscover that why because very often it goes astray as business develops and you know the the day-to-day humdrum comes in sometimes you lose that why and it's all part of of being able to discover your why your passion and then translate it and communicate it to your audience so storytelling I think is is really important the second thing is that I think with with every area of my one commonality with every area of my life, my business life so far, has been finding solutions. So when I was studying law, somebody would come in, you know, having been a naughty boy or uh, having issues in their marriage or whatever, and they wanted to find a solution. Um, and it's the same with with subsequent businesses. Um, so I think being solution focused is is really really important to me. Um, and I find that even before I was was officially coaching people, I brought in an element of that coaching and that solution finding to even social media. Because, as you all know, Paul, it's not just about what you post on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is. It's about aligning people's goals and their expectations with a bigger picture. And that bigger picture is very often is there their story, their, their whys and, and wherefores. Um, and the third thing is um, experience. I think the fact that I've, I've owned and run businesses, I've, you know, I work, as I say, with, with women in business because I am one, uh, you know, I have a small business and I know the, the pitfalls and the, the peaks and troughs that, that women in business um, experience. Um, and I'd, I'd like to think that through my experience, I can help women to get on the super highway, shall we say, or the, the straight road through to business growth or to, to achieve whatever they, they set out to achieve, rather than having to take the somewhat windy route that I've taken um, just through experience. Not that taking the windy route is, is a bad thing, but there are shortcuts sometimes. <laughs> This is absolutely wonderful. It really is. And I say to the listeners, you know me, like the goosebumps I'm getting, the energy on this and to actually hear your story. So many of us can connect in one way or another. So every time people listen to this podcast, they are going to get that nugget to see, yes, Julia felt like that. I can relate. And listening to your story, how you get through it. And it's, it's wonderful wonderful and building from that can what key values does your business offer you now i know these are going to be strong because already you are fantastic so what you're going to share is just going to be brilliant (laughs) well i think the first one is is discernment um to me that's been a battle it's been a struggle because it's when you start out in business i think you you know you want those clients to come in and you tend to because you've got to pay the bills um you tend to take the client um regardless of whether they're a particularly good fit for you because at the end of the day they will pay your bill yeah. hopefully um what i've learned over the years is that 
I have a choice. And, and in the words of Julia Roberts in um, in Pretty Woman, I say who, I say when, I say how. I think she was talking about slightly different work, but <laughs> the principle remains the same. <laughs> Let's stick with the principle. Uh, as my grandmother would have said, the oldest profession in the world. Um, and I've learned that. It's, it's been a hard thing to, to learn, but I now know that I can work. I, I am worthy of working with the people that I want to work with. And if people don't fit my values, then I'm not the person to work for, with them. I don't need to, to, to compromise myself to work with people that don't float my boat quite frankly. So that's been really, really important for me. The second thing I think is authenticity. I've always been the sort of person who is what you see is what you get. I don't have airs and graces. I don't want to ever come over as being, you know, anything other than, than what I am. And if what I am is, is not right, then that's fine. Um, but I like to think that I do, I walk the walk, um, as well as talking the talk, we can all talk a good story, you know. But I think my 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 bullshitometer is is fairly strong, and it, it does ping at times. It does go off, and I tend to sort of distance myself very quickly. As my mother would would say, Julia, you have no tolerance. <laughs> um, I just I just don't don't deal with people that you know aren't authentic. And I think for a lot of of women in, and, and people in small business we are our brand yeah. you know in, in marketing we're always talking about a brand um but for all of us we are our business aren't we so yeah authenticity i think is is key and the third one i think is connection and there are two sides to that what i didn't say when i was talking about my my career path so far is that um a couple of years ago i studied uh, Reiki um, I met up with a lovely lady who is a mutual connection of both pearls and, and mine um, and a presenter on on uh, Serenity Radio Joe Dutfield who I know Pearl would agree as an absolutely amazing human being a lovely lady um, and I saw one day that she was she was offering Reiki initiation and I don't know why but something pushed me to to, to do it to, to undertake it I was told years and years ago when my children were very small that I had the by a, a medium that I had the hands of a healer I'm not quite sure what what healer's hands look like as opposed to anybody else's hands but anyway um I had the hands of a healer and it was something that I sort of I took on board but I didn't really think very much of it um I didn't know that much about energy healing or spiritual healing or anything um and then something sort of triggered me uh, the universe obviously as we now know um to undertake reiki healing um initiation and i i did my my level one um and then i sort of i thought well that would be it i didn't think you know i wasn't going to be a therapist i didn't envisage that i was going to use it in any practical sense um and i remember saying to the the lovely lady who's now a, a dear friend of mine that I, I trained with sadie um well I won't be doing level two because this is you know this is tick the box for me this is fine fast forward a year what am I doing well of course I'm doing level two um and I'm now sort of considering doing level three with with Joe um so that's one form of of connectivity and the other form I think is just the the bare bones the the basic connection with other 
women in business and, and with people who have the same mindset and the same uh, belief and, and with whom I have the sort of synerg- synergies and the, the synchronicity, as you, you say. So that is really important, being able to establish that connection with other people. And again, goosebumps. And I will say the S word, synchronicity. Just listen to how much we have in common, even down to Joe Duckfield and the fact that we've got the... And everything you've said and where you say, like with social media and with marketing, we know most people will spin something. They will put the rose-tinted glasses on and they will spin. And there's times like the to actually be authentic because with social media and we how many times do we hear that term fake news where most people can't even tell the difference when you see someone on social media they've big themselves up to be an influencer to be this fantastic person and it's a complete load of rubbish and that's what really annoys me in our profession When I talk to people about social media and everything and they go to the big brands to actually pay probably five times more than I charge to actually do a social campaign. And then I say, right, look at my social network. I have built it. I stand by my beliefs and my social network reflects what I can do, that I can do it. You go to these big PR companies and nine times out of ten, you get a graduate doing the work for you. But yes, exactly. they, might, they might well have grown up with social media. But social media for personal use and social media for business are two completely different things. Oh, you're talking my language. It is, it is, it, this is where, when you say the, to be authentic, authenticity of that, yes. that's what really, really gets my goat. And then you've got people, you and I, that are experts in our field. We have got the knowledge and the experience and the testimonials to back it up. And you go out with a set fee. I did a three-day challenge a couple of months ago, and then I launched my fantastic course mastermind afterwards. And I said my figures. There goes Siri. Sorry, people. (laughs) I said my figures, and it was tumbleweed. Everyone sort of sat there and went, oh, Oh, and I'm thinking, yes, because that isn't my tribe. They connect to me because, yes, we, we're aligned and we're doing similar things, but that doesn't yeah. mean they're the tribe that are going to be my ideal cl- customers no. and clients. No. And it is, and this is where, like the social media people, everyone thinks they're a social media expert because they've yeah. done it on the personal level. And then people yeah. go out for pittance and say, oh, I'll do that. And then you come in with your figure because you know and you understand and you're grounded in the subject. And they all run off and use the cheaper version. And then six months later, they come back to us and say, it didn't work. I've got a terrible thing. I now need to look at brand reputation. Can you help me? And this is what we're up against. That's the authenticity. And I can connect in so many ways in what you're saying. And it is, it, it's almost, we're different sides of the same coin. Everything you're saying, I can back up. And, just, yeah. through. And, and the whole spiritual side as well. 
the amount of people now that are saying to me, business, law of attraction, how can that go together? And then they say, but you're making it work. And what I share on the Serenity Radio Show, it's, to me, it's a natural mix. And, yes. And working for ourselves, it's almost when you get to the corporate, the corporate machine, they're so driven. Yes. They don't step back and think of feelings. So everything you've said there for your values, so on point. And to the listeners, I know you've already seen it is pure gold dust. This interview is pure gold dust. So just thank you. And I'm going to say this a lot through this, but thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Pearl. I'm now going to move up. This, this question I just throw in to see, just to see. It's one of the corporate questions I used to ask <laughs> CEOs when I did a blog. So that makes it probably makes a bit more sense. Julia, what keeps you awake at night? Obviously, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is family. It doesn't matter what age your children are. Um, the problems just get, the problems just change, the, the worries just change. Um, so primarily it would be family, uh, worrying that they're, you know, my kids are safe and, and all the rest of it. But apart from that, I think when I switch off, and I never actually totally switch off, I think because I'm so passionate about what I do, that I go to bed thinking about work, not worrying about work, but thinking about work, um, and probably thinking about making sure that I'm giving as much value as I can to my clients. Could I have given them some more information? Could I have worded something differently so that it would have, you know, given them another pointer or, or whatever? So um, I think that's sort of what keeps me awake more at night. And then it's the time when I, when I do partially switch off and I get inspiration. You know, I'll suddenly th- wake up in the middle of the night and think, that's a really good thing to, to do or to, you know, I'll do something on blah, blah, blah. And so I need to, I don't at the moment, I need to keep a notebook by my bed and I keep forgetting, which means that I have to try and open the notepad on my phone and, you know, in a myopic state of semi-sleep, try and, um, you know, remember what it was that I wanted to, to post. Otherwise it would be gone in the morning. And this, this is just wonderful. And again, the synchronicities. I was having a discussion with a previous guest, and it was earlier this week And I, when I asked this question, what keeps you awake at night? Sometimes I'm lucky and I can fall asleep. Other times, like you say, especially when I've had a good day and I've done loads of podcasts or I've done um, different calls or if I've done the radio yeah. show, and then I can't sleep because I'm excited. And I do try and fall asleep. As soon as your head touches the pillow, you know the ideas are going to come. The, I, my listeners know I call them downloads. I've always called them downloads and they just come. And that's when, like, I know we shouldn't, but I'm techie. So I keep all the devices around the bed and that's it. Yeah, I really yeah. can't sleep. I sit up and that's it. That's when I start adding to a strategy. That's where the iPad comes out and I'm working on it. So everything... Yeah, again, synchronicity. We are so alike. <laughs> yes, the, my bed is surrounded by tech and wires and what have you. It's not not great. <laughs> I will move on to the next question. Again, it's so that the listeners can see 
when they reach out to you and want to work with you. Julia, where and how do you work best? Well, because of the, the nature of my business, plus uh, the, the current sort of pandemic situation that we find ourselves in, everything, of course, now is, is online. Yeah. And when coronavirus sort of first hit, it was a little bit like being in the eye of the storm for me because my business carried on. It's, it's largely um, online or a lot of it is, is online. Um, and so it was sort of like watching the world go into chaos around me while I just sort of carried on business as, as usual. Having said that, I, I love working one-to-one with people because, it, again, it comes back to that connection. I like, you know, being face-to-face with people because you can just, I don't know, you can't get that or it's more difficult to get that connection through a, a screen um you can really feel the energy of a person and and really sort of read a person when you're you're face to face so I love working face to face when location allows but other than that then you know give me zoom any day um I think I've in a in a sort of geographical sense I've I've earned my stripes and I now relish the fact that I can work from home in the beautiful South Somerset countryside um I've worked enough years in noisy offices, you know, putting up with other people talking and shouting and having strops and all the rest of it, all the the joys of office life. Um, And I can now choose to work in my office in peace and quiet. I've got podcasts. I've got music I can listen to when I want to, if I want to. I've got silence. You know, I I relish the fact that I've now got choice and choice is, is important to me. Oh, that is absolutely perfect. I just love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> now, moving on from that, where you said where you like to work best, what tools do you use that makes your work life easier? Now, despite the fact that we're all, we live in a very tech age and we're all sort of fairly au fait, or most of us are fairly au fait with some element of, of technical stuff um i still i'm still old school and i still love pen and paper um i love making lists on paper mainly because you know we all have those days where you set out with the greatest of intentions you're going to get you know a to z done um and life takes over and suddenly you're it feels like you're in a negative balance you know you're, you're still struggling at four o'clock to start task a you know um so i think it's really important that that well lists are really important to me because i can when i have those days i can look and i can just note back note down the little things that i've achieved in the day which actually might not amount to a hill of beans but it's progress there's still you know anything any tiny step forward is still progress yeah. Um, and I like the the sort of dopamine hit of being able to tick things off that list yeah. and get through that list. Of course, the tasks come in the bottom. You never totally got a, a, a clear list. But um, no, I, I do like being able to, to check them off. It makes me feel super efficient. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can relate. I mean, yes, I go in as a digital consultant and they expect me. I sit around the board table and they've all got their computers yeah and I get my file of facts out 
and I'm afraid I've got a different size file of facts, a different size colour, but because my brand is gold and shiny, my file of facts is gold and shiny, and that oh, it always brings a discussion. And anyone that knows me, I'm an Apple girl through and through. I love my Apple products, but they all have to match. And of course, all my Apple stuff has to be gold. Therefore, I go with my gold Filofax and my gold phone and my gold iPad. And even, I mean, my MacBook Air at the time, I know they brought it out and it's gold now. But my one has a gold cover because they only did it silver at the time. But everything you said, I can so relate. And doing the list is I'm sat here with a pen and paper and it's a fountain pen. It might be a disposable fountain pen. I have my posh fountain pen that I do all my journaling with but it is there's something about putting pen to paper and that's when I do my proper grown-ups squirrely um, right yeah. I do like the calligraphy writing then and I do all the squirrels I can't always read what I've written afterwards <laughs> but yes I mean so so aligned with what you do yeah, I just, I just, I just can't, don't think you can beat it. I just love everything. I mean, talking about filofaxes, I'm surrounded in my office by so many notepads. I have a notepad for every different task that I might do, every different sort of client that I work with. And I just, you know, I'm an addict. What can I say? <laughs> oh, we are so alike. So, so alike. I have, I have piles. I visit the works regularly. And now we're online. And if there's a nice book that I like the cover of, I have to buy three just in case someone else is going to grab it because then I can do the notes. And like you say, I have one for my affirmations, one for journals, then one for clients and everything I'm putting together. <laughs> we are so it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll move on unless... I'm aware I didn't disturb I didn't sort of um jump in did you have anything else to add to that question I think the only other thing I was going to mention was that as I've mentioned before Reiki I didn't ever think that I would be using it in a practical sense but I do I use it every day in my work and actually when you go into said notebooks you'll see the 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 meetings I've had for instance that have been or that I've perceived were going to be difficult because you'll see Reiki symbols all over the pages where I'm, you know, calling the, the energy in. So I use that on a daily basis, um, helping me to communicate, helping me to understand clients. You know, it, it's so useful to me. And the third um, tool I, I use is intuition. Now, my intuition, I may not always have, have trusted it as much as I should, but it's never served me wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's you know part of my my development, my personal development at the moment is trusting it more, learning to to listen more, and taking time to listen. Um, but yeah, my three super tools. Oh, that is wonderful, and I'm getting goosebumps again. That intuition, and uh, where you say intuition, that's when I say downloads, and I'm starting to learn. Yeah. And the wonderful Joe Duckfield is helping me. I, I talk to Joe every day. I think she must say, oh, the phone's going off and there's me. I've recorded a message, a messenger to come through for her to listen to all these things. But she's yes, a lovely lady, fabulous lady. She is, which is why you and I are connecting so well. 
place. Yeah. Where it's almost it's almost that tree of the triangle where yes, it, it, is. All, it is definitely. And I've got goosebumps with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will move on to the next question <laughs> now. Julia, what would you have done differently in your life if you'd known then what you know now? Mm, this is one of those questions, isn't it? And I actually love the, the, the self-reflection that this, this um, creates. Intuition, again, I would have trusted it more. You know, I wouldn't have swerved it and, 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 and not listened to it at times. And perhaps, you know, I wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I've made. But then having said that, you know, that's where I, I've learned from the, the mistakes, not when things have gone gone particularly right um the biggest thing i think i would would tell myself is that the road of life is not meant to be straight you know it's meant to be bumpy it's meant to be swervy um because that's as i say when i think you learn you know certainly in in business it's the times that you that there's a bump in the road or a, a bit of a, a bend that you didn't see that you you come out of it you somehow manage you somehow cope you don't think you're going to at those times because perhaps you don't know what to do um because you've never experienced it before but you come out the other side and you've learned you've developed you've pushed yourself and it's the times when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone that we see growth um so that's i think a really important message i would have told myself and the third thing i think is is Actually, there are two more things. The first one is self-belief. I wished I'd believed in myself more um, because I haven't. It's been a, a, a constant struggle. Um, imposter syndrome has been my best friend at times. It really has. Um, and I should have, I wished I'd had more confidence in my ability. And following on from that, I would tell myself that it's okay to be visible. Sometimes I've hidden behind my business or my brand or whatever other things and I should have stood up and I should have known my worth more and I should have stood up to be counted because I am valuable I am worth it and you know I do know my stuff um so it's okay to be visible it's okay to stand up and be seen Oh, that is absolutely wonderful. We shared a post on Facebook prior to this podcast and I said, shine your light, didn't I? And that, yes. that is where you are. You shine your light bright because you are absolutely fantastic at what you do. And I will be shouting and shining for you to make sure that people know just how great you are. and that they. Thank you, Pearl. That means so much. It really does. I'm really touched. I mean, it is just, just to the listeners, everything you're sharing, it's just wonderful. And every answer you're giving shows just how much understanding you have on many subjects, not just one or two, but many. So people that want to work with you with the business coaching, you are phenomenal. And I have to breathe before I say that word because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much you are very very special and i am so grateful that we connected we connected for a reason and i do yeah. believe in fate most definitely 
and this podcast is look at me I'm getting goosebumps again <laughs> this is why we connected because we're going to shine your light and to all the listeners I, I know I always share at the end and when I post the podcast all the ways that people can connect with you but people will be bashing down your door to work with you because you have shared, you are sharing so much wonderful information and it's ways that you can help others as well. So thank for you, that, I'm saying it again, I'm saying thank you to you because it is a pleasure to have you as my guest. It really thank is. Thank you so much. You're so kind. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will move on before we get into this and I'll start crying. <laughs> Right, Julia, what is your biggest challenge and why? Um, my biggest challenge, I think, is, again, going back to that self-belief, um, knowing my worth, or it has been, you know, I've done a, an awful lot of work in the last, I would say, last three or four years on my value and my worth. So I feel now, finally, at, you know, the age that I am, I'm in a position where, I am worthy of, you know, the the attention that I get and the, you know, the 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 money that I generate in my business, for example. Um, I understand my value, and it's taken such a lot of work to get there, because I was always the one that, as a child growing up, I was the one that was quiet. I was the one that, you know, studied hard and and had you know a very definite sort of career trajectory if you like um and so finding a voice has been very very difficult um or, or quite a challenge but I feel that I'm finally sort of almost at the, the top of that mountain and I'm now going to stop and just survey the view and, and make the most of it oh that is wonderful that really is wonderful and I say again I'm loving this podcast. The <laughs> listeners are going to love it. It's just, just brilliant. I'm going to move on to the next question. And I have been told, especially the people on the spiritual side that are my guests, that it's, it's coming from ego. I wasn't aware that I wrote it from ego when I wrote the question. But I'm still going to ask it because I want to know how brilliant you are, you see. <laughs> how do you want to be remembered, Julia? Well, there are two ways, I think. The first thing that occurred to me, and it's quite simple, but I think in a way it's quite sort of profound, is I just want to be remembered as someone who loved. Love to me, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I always have done. I have a very close, small circle of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people I know, you know, in the wider circle. But my friends, I absolutely love them to bits. And they are my friends for a, a, a reason. Um, not... Uh, because I, you know, think it's going to be beneficial to me, but because I, I have that discernment to know the people who have the same sort of values as as me. So if I could just leave one lasting memory, it would be that I loved. And you and I were, were talking before the, the podcast about, you know, the wish that when we come out of this this pandemic, that everybody would just be a little bit kinder would yeah. just show each other just a little bit more love. And, and that sounds a bit sort of hippie, if you like, and a bit new age, but it's such a simple thing and it could make such a huge difference to the world. So that's, that's one thing I'd, I'd like. And the other thing is that I 
would just love to be. And I, I get real kicks from just being a tiny little piece of somebody else's success. I, I really am passionate about helping people to find their voice, to build their resilience, to find confidence and to beat those, you know, voices that all the, the naysayers. Um, so if I could be a tiny little catalyst for, for people, then um, I think my job would be done. Oh, this is wonderful. And again, I go back to all the really good interviews I've done. You already embody everything you've said there. And these, this is where all, some of the, the guests that really shine, that shine as I'm interviewing, and you're one of those, and you already hit everything. You will be remembered. You are already considered in those things because just listening to you, every listener to the podcast will connect with that because you embody that. You embody it. It is. It's just wonderful. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have you round to to live with me, sit on my shoulder. I think because you're a you're a fantastic lady, lovely lady. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, this is where we connect. The universe yeah. brought us together for a reason. And as we're going through this um, interview, we can see more and more why we were drawn together because there are yes. so, so many of the S words, the synchronicities, <laughs> definitely. I'm now going to move on. I'm not sure. I think intuitively I've maybe already got an idea, but I'm going to ask this question. As a child, what did you want to be and how close to that dream are you now? Well, I laughed when I saw this or when I sort of worked out my answer to this question because I was a child of the, the 70s and I remember seeing um, the film International Velvet on the television with, with Tatum, at the cinema, I think, with Tatum O'Neill. And I wanted to be a three-day <laughs> three eventer. Now, I think, you know, you can see how that turned out for me, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, but... Uh, Apart from that, I actually wanted to be a lot, it sounds really boring, but I wanted to be a lawyer from about 12 years old. That was my my course, and I wanted to, to be a lawyer. I wanted to do something that would help people. Um, and as I say, you know, every sort of role that I've had um, has involved an element of that. So, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm relatively close, not to the eventing, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, but this, I'm getting goosebumps again. I'm going to say synchronicities again, because when I was in my teens, people would say to me, what do you want to be? And I would say, I'm going to be a barrister, and then I'm going to be prime minister. But I knew that <laughs> off pat. That was me. I was going to, I headed the debating societies, but that's where I knew, in, intuitively, I knew more was going to come in, because we are so connected in that. But you've been lucky enough to actually follow that path. I took a very roundabout way to, yes, I got to work with government, but that was with communications. I didn't actually get to be in number 10, as it were. But <laughs> it, it's just Close, it's, but no cigar. <laughs> but it is, it's just so wonderful to hear that um, so many synchronicities. It is, it's just wonderful. And again, every one of the shining light guests I've had in some way, what they wanted to do as a child reflects in what they're doing now. Yeah. That's when you know, when, like you've said before, truly authentic, that you're actually doing what your life mission, what your soul aligned mission is. 
yes that's that's where i know like when i talk on the podcast when i talk to the radio listeners when i'm recording that i'm talking to the soul aligned people that i know i'm connecting with every time absolutely and and is when you're every answer you've been giving that's the vibration i've been getting that is going out to all the listeners and it's it's just wonderful it really is <laughs> right i'm now get this this is my my me sort of going on a bit of a fest where one of my passions i absolutely love books and of course you've said in your introduction and everything how much yeah. reading. so this this question i love i love i get all excited about it can you name three titles of your favorite books and why you've chosen them and yes i know three isn't fair we could go into double figures with this i could be here all day and i also have to say that you know electronic devices like kindles and and similar are fabulous but you can't beat a good paper book you can't beat that feeling between your your hands um so the the three books the first one is um the go-giver by bob berg and john david mann and i was given that when i first started my business um and i just love the message that it um that it gives in that it's it's really about abundance um and there's a a quote uh, from it which is that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment and i'd like to think that that sums up me and and my business Um, i'm always looking to to give to to people you know whether they're a client or not i've you know obviously yes we all have to be paid that's how the the world works but it's about the abundance um, for me. So that's a, a really useful, it's a really easy read. It's a quick read, but it's a, a great book. Um, the second one just makes me laugh so much. It's called, it's by um, Sarah Knight. Um, and it's quite a famous book. I think it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a, the <laughs> last word. Um, she's a, a, a Jewish woman living in New York and it is just so funny um and so well written and it's just about stopping spending your valuable energy on things that don't serve you on things that aren't going to give you value or give you some sort of return um and then concentrating instead on on the things that do give you joy and the power of saying no um and i think a lot of us struggle with with that boundary you know boundaries and and saying no when you know we say oh okay then when really we mean oh god no i don't want to do that <laughs> um so that's a fantastic read and the third one is is by a bit of a, a girl crush of mine which is brene brown and it's daring greatly and it's all about uh, vulnerability and um not paying attention to the opinions of the people in the cheap seats which sort of ties in perfectly with you know the as i've said the the struggles with self-belief and um and all that jazz so just fantastic all three just fantastic books oh absolutely wonderful and um, there's one or two there that i haven't read yet but i'm going to you probably saw me writing as you were talking <laughs> and adding and it's, it's just so good i i just love that bit because sharing the love of reading the love of yeah. book like you've said and it goes back to us with our notebooks as well, so we can physically touch the paper. Yes. And yeah. Yes, I 
a lot of the, the good books I have hardback I have them in Kindle and some of them I even have them on Audible as well so I can mix and match depending on what yes yeah it is I love this because knowledge is power that used to be one Absolutely. of my favorite favorite quotes and yeah knowledge we've both been where we learn you're talking about your journey for Reiki and everything and it is we're just learning and it's lovely to actually enjoy all that knowledge and those books are just wonderful they really are so thank you for that thank you hope you enjoy them <laughs> definitely now this this is why it could almost go hand in hand with the um book titles but who would you say are your key influencers and why the first one i think is 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 my father you know we've talked about how he is an absolute you know I, I worship the ground that he he walks on um he, he's a great businessman but he's 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 more than that he's he's a gentleman in business uh, and you don't find many of those he's very quietly spoken very soft spoken very um unassuming he's not got a huge ego and he's been the uh, probably the greatest influence to me and he's a gen, general all-round lovely man um and I, I still look up to him to this day and I still go to him for advice and, and counsel to this day um the second influence I think is my again a personal one is my my grandparents um my grandparents on my my mother's side were both both had un, unexplored potential, if you like. My grandfather was, was a fantastic mathematician, was extremely fast with, with mental maths. And I can remember sitting as a child with a calculator and giving sums, which I thought were, you know, terribly difficult, probably weren't, um, to him. Uh, and he would work them out mentally before I could tap them into a, a calculator. Um, and he actually, as a, a young man, got the chance of a scholarship to uh, Christ's Hospital, the, the independent school in, in London, um, but had to refuse it because his parents, his family needed his, his wage. Um, and I do sort of sometimes think, I mean, my, my son takes after him in his maths ability. My son has a fantastic maths brain. Um, and I do sort of look at them and, and I mean, my son has is exploring his potential, um, went to university and had all the opportunities that modern life gives us. But I do sort of think, well, what if, you know, if my granddad had had that opportunity and, and this day and age when we, when our children are given opportunities, we sort of bend heaven and earth to, to let them take those, embrace those opportunities. But of course, all those years ago, life was very different. And, uh, he he wasn't able to to take that up. And similarly, my my grandmother, my mother's mother, um, I remember a story, and I think I've only got half the story. I must I must ask my mum. But I remember my mum saying that she was a great singer. In in later life, she had a series of strokes, and the only thing she could do was to to sing. Um, and she had a, a marvelous voice. And I remember my mum saying that she was as a young woman. My grandmother was out scrubbing the, the back step or whatever it was, doing the, the housework. And she was singing um, Oh Mio Barbino Caro from Puccini. And a man stopped at the gate, heard her and stopped at the gate and said to my great-grandmother, 
that woman, that person with that voice needs proper training. Um, you know, she's got a, a fantastic voice and she should use it. And of course, there wasn't the opportunity then. So I think there's been a in, in my family, there's an unspoken rule, really, that you never waste an opportunity. And I'd like to think that that's something that I've communicated to my children um, and, and given my children the opportunity always that every opportunity that they could have and I hope I've sort of instilled that into them and I hope also that I've taken all the opportunities certainly that were going to serve my my higher purpose if you like um I'd like to think that I've give, at least given them a go oh that is absolutely wonderful absolutely wonderful and synchronicities my dad very similar with the mathematics and everything as well so everything you're saying i am i'm getting goosebumps yeah it's just such oh it's just wonderful it really is and it shows so much care and it highlights i think to every listener just how much we can be drawn and what we can learn and grow from our family from the hierarchy and everything from our ancestors and where those stories are shared and you remember them and that's what gives us our impetus to push forward and it's it's really really it comes back to stories yeah does oh it does it does most definitely i'm gonna move on to this question this is my longest question so i have to take a great big deep breath with (laughs) now Julia, if you could share a great meal with anyone, alive or dead, what would the meal be and who would it be with? Now, this is really difficult for me for some some own reason, because it's a, a game that I play with my daughter quite a lot. And we come up with some amazing you know, dinner parties and, and some random people that we would invite. Um, but I think it goes back to if it was a celebrity person, I think it would be Michelle Obama because I think she's just amazing, an amazing example of, of using power for, for good um, and standing strong. And I think she's a, a great role model for, for women. Um, and if it was on a personal level, I think it would be my, my great-grandparents on the other side, on my father's side, because they died way before I was born. And I never knew them, but there's a bit of mystery in the family surrounding them. And I'd like to, to quiz them on it and get the, the line, you know, there's a, you get the, the, the bottom line. There's only so much that Ancestry.com can tell you. Um, so I'd like to, it's got a whole list of questions that I'd like to ask them. Oh, that is wonderful. I love it. I really love it. And what meal would you choose? It would have to be mm, something I would say if it was just me and I was choosing the meal, it would be something with smoked eel because I just love smoked eel. Um, But it would probably be something uh, Middle Eastern. Mm. I'm going to say a Middle Eastern feast because I just love that style of food. Oh, that that just sounds like bliss. I must admit, with the whole (laughs) idea of enjoying a good conversation and just picking like different things and that's it because it's not you're enjoying the meal and you've got the lovely taste but the flavor comes from the conversation if that absolutely yeah yeah 
it's more sociable isn't it it's the whole social aspect of of sitting down and and connecting again with people yeah oh just wonderful i've just had this brilliant idea imagine what the podcast would be if we actually lived out this whole idea of the meal and the conversation that went with it can you imagine that it would it would that just came into my head and i'm just thinking just that and what we'd learn and make it be pearl make it be i'll be there right i just might i might have oh yes that's an idea you and I can talk about afterwards because it's something we can do together, most definitely. <laughs> I'm anybody's for a bowl of hummus, you know. <laughs> now, where has the time gone? It's just flown past. I am loving this. We're down to the last two questions. Now, this is where we get to know, the listeners get to know everything about how they can connect with you, reach out what you offer and everything like that. So I'm going to put the two questions together. So it gives you the chance to just shout from the rooftops about everything you do. So, Julia, what services or items do you offer to your clients or customers? And do you have any special offers at present? Okay, so um, I offer business coaching um, and I work predominantly with women in small business or who are looking to start their business. Um, And I use the mix of, of, of tools, practical tools, obviously, but sort of combining the, the spiritual, the emotional, the mental tools allow them to or allow me to take a, a 360 degree view, if you like, a holistic view of their business and of themselves as well. Because, as I say, we are our business um, and allow uh, them to strip black, back all the, the blocks that they encounter and to grow a, a sustainable business. And that's what I'm absolutely passionate about. Um, on the social media side, side, of course, I offer social media management and social media training for those people who want to DIY, as it were, and do it right, hopefully, first time. Oh. Um, and in terms of, of my offers, um, I'm going to be launching a, a three-day challenge on the 8th of September, which is called Gain Control, Gain Confidence. And that's all about recognizing and dealing with imposter syndrome all those limiting self-beliefs that we all um, focus too much on Um, sometimes the the inner critic in us can be a good thing but uh, we need to be able to control it so that's a free can't say it free three day challenge that's going to be on facebook Um, and then on the 24th of september i'm launching my six-week course which is called Catalyst for Change. Um, And that's about helping women to understand their values, understand their worth, um, gain clarity on their business vision, how to push forward, how to grow their business, um, and just empowering them with the tools you need, again, to, to to create this business that is going to lead to success as you determine it whatever success means to you. Oh, absolutely wonderful. They sound so exciting. And I say to the listeners, you know in the description we've had all the links that you can reach out and connect with Julia, but is you offer so much fantastic advice, help, services for everyone. It is just wonderful. It really Thank you, Pearl. 
I really appreciate it. I've, I've so enjoyed doing this and chatting with you. And I hope that, you know, we can continue the connection and, um, and build on it too, because, you know, you're such a lovely lady. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And to the listeners, we will be building on it already. <laughs> I feel a thing that we'll be working together and we'll be shouting from the rooftops, but that's going to be another podcast. So make sure you subscribe so that you get to know. And it just leaves me to say to you, Juliet, thank you. Thank you for being such an absolutely wonderful guest. The information you've shared, the synchronicities, the goosebumps, the energy on this podcast has just been wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pearl. I'm so honestly, I'm so grateful for, for you know, your, your time and, and for listening to me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. That is brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.